0: After you've answered a lot of questions from people over the years, you sort of get a picture of, okay, well, what are their pain points? What are, their, what, are their, what are they looking to spend money on? And then so I find a solution for that.
1: What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren. here with my co-host. Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of.
2: We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real
1: estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible. Yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are short-term rental nation and these are our secrets. What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets podcast. I am your host Mike Shogren here with my main man and brother from another mother Mr. Emmanuel Poney. What's up, B?
2: my brother good evening for once uh it's an 8 30 recording uh but i am super excited because we're going global so it's always fun to bring on and learn from people that are not in our in our local market so i'm super excited for the show uh i turn 32 tomorrow so it's also pretty exciting um a lot of september babies um, I know we talked about this last time, but I've like really realized how many people kind of like, I guess all of our parents were like, okay, we're going to start the year off on good intentions. And then nine months later, here we are, all the September babies are born, but uh, no man, life is good. I'm super happy going to Italy next week again um, for a wedding. So I can't complain.
1: How long are you going for? just a week nice
2: yeah just just a week that's awesome like a quick a quick trip seeing some friends you know apparently there is a there is a nationwide so i need a light color suit and as you know since my 75 hard i've lost a bunch of weight and i went to go shopping yesterday which is something that i don't do very often and apparently there is a nationwide shortage of light color suits like ten suits, and this guy's like, I only have black and gray suits, and apparently, I went into like three, four stores, and that's what it is. So living
1: COVID, man, can't even get yeah. a suit anymore.
2: It's crazy, bro. Like, it, it's just how funny, how how broad this whole COVID situation has been. Yeah, you know. 100%, Anyways,
1: hundred percent. Moving on. <laughs> Did you, uh, did you end up closing on the refi? I can't remember if I asked you.
2: The refi, we are waiting for the appraisal. Should come back next week. Um, so we're just kind of into, into that. We have a very specific number that we need. Um, so we're hoping to get kind of close to that.
1: Did you walk the appraiser through and tell her the number? Tell him or her the number? Yes.
2: Yeah, walked him through it, game. showed him everything, you know, told him the story. Um, so hopefully with everything and the market, the markets, it's, it's so good. It went up like condos went up in Palm beach County about 20% over the last year. Wow. So, I mean, we bought a year and a half ago, right? So just on that, for the majority of them, we should see a significant increase. So
1: I love it. I Love it.
2: But I'll keep your guys posted. Yeah, you guys will be the first ones to know. Hope
1: so. yeah. I hope so. Yeah, hope so. Awesome. Well, uh, let's let's get into to today's guest. So, uh, today we've got Tracy Northcott on, who we met through Clubhouse. I think back in like January when we were all hitting Clubhouse pretty hard. I'm not gonna lie, I faded off for a while, but I I should make a qu- comeback at some point. Um, but Tracy was just one of those people that was showing up and just like. Super genuine, like always giving great info, bringing a little different perspective um, from the way that she runs her business and the style that she runs her business. And uh, she's literally on the other side of the world. So she's coming into us from Japan. And so let me uh, give her a proper introduction. So uh, born in Australia, uh, Tracy Northcott of On4, Tokyo Family Stays, and Tracy Northcott Consulting, She's a serial entrepreneur and multipreneur based in Tokyo, Japan. She's one of the most successful Airbnb hosts in Tokyo. She also runs a software development company, N4, which I didn't know, with her family, as well as Tracy Northcott Consulting, where she helps other hosts discover the true potential of their short term rentals or Airbnb business, maximizing their investment, enjoyment, and hospitality standards. Uh, we'll make sure to include all her amazing links in the show notes. But without further ado, Tracy, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Mike, thank you so much. It's good to hang out with you. And actually, it's really good to see you in person. I'm used to just listening to that beautiful radio voice that we were just talking about. <laughs> it's just like, um, yeah, I'm used to listening to that. And also, you know, it's, it's just great to sort of hang out with people who are sort of kindred spirits all over the world. It's been it's been fun. Mm.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's funny. I think TJ probably takes the cake though for the best radio voice. He's just got that like, uh,
0: for sure, yeah, DJ, no
1: DJ voice, like soothing voice.
0: Noble, Noble's up there too. I think though as well. Like you know, Noble Crawford has a has a very, you know, uh, bass notes. It's uh, it's it is very soothing. Yeah, mm. <laughs> so
1: so love it. Back, back to the topic at hand. For the listeners, you can go back and watch our show with TJ and Noble so you can see who we're talking about. Uh, also good friends from Clubhouse. But Tracy, why don't you kind of walk us back into how you got into short-term rentals? Like what was your background before this and what got you into short-term rentals?
0: Sure thing. Well, I'm actually, you know, you can see my backdrop in here. I'm actually in my store cupboard. So, you know, this is where the glamour happens. Um, you know, it's uh, in this is where uh, we keep all of our cleaning products and all of our maintenance issues. So um, I, left, I normally blur it out, but I just thought I'd leave it up here just to to show that it's real and um, um, that it isn't all just about decor and, and, and welcome basket. So um, I got into the business 10 years ago. Um, I just had a baby um, and he's turning 11 next week actually um, and uh, I had a lot of people coming to visit so we live in we lived at the time in a Tokyo apartment which doesn't have a lot of space uh, and um, my parents just could not go on a futon on the on the living room floor anymore it was just not the happy place to be so I thought well if I rent a second apartment near my place a small studio I can put my family and friends in there and then rent it out part time and cover my costs. That was my goal, because as you see, I'm also a software engineer. So I run a small, very small boutique software company. And uh, it was really just as a side thing. You know, I've always had an interest in real estate and and. Um, Uh, And I thought, well, you know, this is just a way to have a have an annex, have a pita tear, have a, you know, another place. Also, you know, if the baby screams too much, I can go and hang out there and hide.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Go bring the baby there and leave i just <laughs> locked, the door, locked just
0: the door walked away <laughs> exactly you have kids right mike does i know so
2: yeah i don't clearly from that comment it's clear. <laughs> yeah no, don't yeah. leave a
0: baby alone in an apartment please please like okay, social I'll services
2: sure. i'll write that down yeah. in my notes.
0: note to yourself. <laughs> note to self. and then it was sort of really on the cusp of a big, big tourist boom um, in in Japan. So the Japanese government were putting a lot of resources into getting uh, tourists in, but not a lot into additional um, uh, 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 infrastructure. So um, hotels here in Tokyo tend to be two types. They tend to be big luxury, you know, uh, Park Hyatt type things, um, you know, very high end or small, stinky, smelly um, business hotels. And there was not a lot of middle ground, especially for families that uh, where you could come and take your family and be um, and and have everybody in the same in the same apartment. So. Um, there was a real hole in the market, and of course, whenever there's a hole, um, other people come in and fill that fill that uh, supply side. So, um, I was right on the start of that. I recognised that there was a need, and um, and I thought, well, I can do this. And I learnt um, by the school of hard knocks, really. Um, it went really well the first one, and then I thought, well, I need something bigger because I'm getting a lot of inquiries from bigger groups. And uh, so I got a two-bedroom, and then I went to a three-bedroom house. And then, uh, yeah, just within five years, we had 25 properties. We were doing over seven figures. It just went bonkers, um, and it was fun. It was really good. Um, we were meeting a need, and we were, um, uh, you know, it was it was just a it's a really good place to be. So.
2: Love That's it. awesome. Um, Are those so, all arbitrage units. Yeah, that was out of my curiosity.
0: Question. Mostly, we start. I started off with arbitrage, so I started off again, like I said, renting a second place. Um, I let the landlord know that I would be having family and friends stay. Um, and it was a real gray zone at the time. This is before regulations came in, so it was a real gray zone. Um, about um being able to list and list in you know private properties. Uh, so, um, these were rental arbitrage with permissions from the owner. I, I, you know, actually there were a few that I don't have anymore that, um, we did rent and, uh, uh, naively rent and then, uh, became, it became impossible for us to keep renting them. So we closed those down and, and we learned very early on to have a good relationship with the owners. Um. Then I started getting a lot of repeat guests, and some of those repeat guests kept saying, Well, you know, I'm coming here a lot. Um, so, how about I buy a place and let you run it? And uh, so I said, Cool. So that's how I got my co hosting properties. I've got a few of those, um, and I still have. And then, with all this massive cash flow, I thought, Well, you know, we need to build something. We need to build our own house. Um, and actually we we designed our own family houses where I am now with an office, storeroom. And also I have a, a an apartment which is attached that has its own entrance. And that actually is a um, a studio apartment that I rent uh, and short-term rental. But when grandparents come, they've got their own property. So it, uh, it works out really well. So we built we built, a, we built a, um, a three, four-story house, which I'm in now. And, um, you know, thank you to the, thank you to the business of uh, short-term rentals.
1: I love
2: it. What an amazing story. Also, because for, for those that don't know, like I imagine buying in Tokyo is not cheap as a, as a city yeah. is a very expensive city. So arbitrage makes sense probably at the beginning, but I'm also sure that, so how, because you started, Ten years ago which is about when i started and i remember when when airbnb and vr bureau rolled in but obviously i'm talking about airbnb rolling in florida from san francisco Mm -hmm. so where what were you using in in japan like was was airbnb live in japan from the very very beginning or did they roll out
0: just i was one of the first um, I was one of the first hosts um, on on Airbnb so um, the first time I even heard of it um, I remember someone t- you know someone telling me it was like you can rent a property from somebody on um, and you order it online it just blew my mind and we used Airbnb as a family and went to Korea um, and that was 11 years ago before I started and then that's when I came back and we came back to Japan and I thought oh okay well this is this is a business model we can we can play with so um yeah we, we were in we were one of the early hosts of airbnb
2: interesting hmm. um so you're you're busy so you have kids you have another job you have yes. your consulting business Correct. so what does and you have 25 property which is which is not, no, not small okay but you no. still have how many do we, you have right now
0: we so um, the arc of it went so for the started ten years ago. Within five years, we had 25 properties, and then uh, 2000, between 2016 2018, the regulations came in, and we looked at all of our properties um, with our big girl pants on and looked at them and went, okay, which ones are going to be Uh, which ones are we going to be able to get licensed and also which ones are going to be profitable with the new model. And uh, so we streamlined uh, our portfolio. So, and we went more boutique and but went more margin per property. So we looked at the ones where we're going to get maximum um, bang for our for our effort Um, i mean as as we all know here it's like you know whether you're hosting one person or whether you're hosting you know a group of 10 it's almost like the same amount of work so um so for us in this market and the costs that we're looking at it does it made a lot more sense for us to really focus in on a family extended family niche guest and uh target everything towards that Um, and so that's pure properties but larger and more margin per, more margin per property. So we were making the same amount of money with less properties. And um, yeah, so that's always, that's always good. There's less variables to to go awry. Um, That was sort of 2018 to end of 2019. Um, I was doing a lot more co-hosting, a lot more management, um, a lot less arbitrage. Um, And then we were all geared up for 2020 all geared up so i had a number of properties that were i was managing as well as uh, co-hosting as well as just listing on my my direct booking site and we were all set for the olympics and we all know what happened in 2020 so um i spent three weeks on the floor in the fetal position just going Oh my goodness! My last five years of business plan has just gone up, gone in a matter of two weeks, and I can't control it. It was horrific. Um, so I've had therapy. It's all good, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was it was grim. It was grim for a number of weeks. And this is in, even before the pandemic was officially announced. We were hit very hard and very early because we are Asia. Um, the The Tokyo Marathon was the first big thing to go, and that went. That was late February. That that was cancelled, and that's when we first realised, oh, we're in trouble here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, the next month was just like it was a, it was a bloodbath. Um, so clo- closing lots of properties again, big go pants on trying to trying to you know see which places needed life support, which ones needed um, needed to be extinguished, and uh, and by the you know. You know, so now we're down to five that are ours that are licensed. Um, we have another five properties worth of furniture sitting in storage ready for the when the borders open up again. Um, and I have another series of properties that are co-hosted that are um, where the owners have actually come back and they're kind of living in exile a little bit. They've sort of been like uh, COVID lockdown because our borders are still closed, by the way. We're still, you know. You got it. We're, we're well mid September, and uh, we're still our borders are still shut tight. Mm. So
1: the for just for context and curiosity. Yeah. So is the majority of your guests international?
0: That was my that was my target focus up until the up until COVID hit. I was ninety nine percent inbound. So whether that's inbound relocations, because I spent a lot of time building up my corporate relationships with relocation companies, um, because again, dealing with families who who need um, who need a uh, local experience. Um, and so relocation companies, I work with travel agents, as well as obviously with the OTAs. And my focus really was inbounds. So I knew how to take care of uh people who didn't speak the language who needed uh you know a soft landing in a country which is so foreign for most people so that's that's the that's the value add that i bring um, and of course we had to pivot um, and so since february of 2020 i've pivoted more times than a ballerina i tell you so <laughs> it's, um, um so for most of last year, we were dealing with Japanese families, again, who were in exile, families who were living overseas, who came back, didn't have a, didn't have their own house to live in. So we were doing that the same as everyone else, medium to longer stays um, in family homes, obviously a lot less margin, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and since that, there have been more quarantine stays. So I do look after people who are needing uh, two weeks quarantining, I've done a bit of isolation stays Um, the workation staycation market isn't big here, even though I've tried to really, you know, go there, it's not really a thing. Um, So yeah, again, more pivots than a ballerina.
2: And it's a very different culture also. Right. So I I also assume the way that the public is handling. So I think what has helped us specifically, and I talk about me as like South Florida it's, it's overall how opinionated we are as a country and, and how free people are to do whatever they want. So a lot of people are coming to Florida because we're open and everything is it's free and clear. My understanding from my limited knowing of Japanese culture, I assume if they say there is lockdown and you have to wear masks and you can't go anywhere, are people like respecting that? So is that why you don't have as much people kind of traveling within the country or it's just they just don't travel in into Tokyo maybe like your location is just not a vacation spot for people that are from um, there or where where you it think it comes from it
0: is a city thing and I think um a lot of other people in urban centers have found this as well Is that demand has been less in in urban centers if you're if you're you know even in Japan if you have a beach house if you have a um a mountain lodge uh then you're busy. Um, but the uh, but people are tending not to come into the city Um, they're working from home a lot Um, but um, domestically there has never really been much of a demand for short-term rentals anyway Um, so people tend to use the the small stinky business hotels Um, and uh, it's just just to, to do a home share is just not uh, or or, uh, or a full house rental is just not part of the part of the culture and I th- that's partly education and I think Airbnb for example are really missing an opportunity to, to educate the market um but that's a that's a whole other podcast <laughs> but um um there it just it hasn't been the local demand I think that you guys see in the US so we were really focused on inbound tourists um, and because that's who needed us and um, who were prepared to pay for us. Um, and uh, but, and because the borders have shut, that business has gone away.
1: Sure. One of the things that I want to talk about with you that we we're talking about offline and we've talked on Clubhouse quite a bit about is your model about maximizing profitability within your portfolio. So instead mm-hmm. of going after... 20 50 100 units you selected properties to maximize profit and then you have different strategies to for lack of a better word upsell different services or different packages to maximize the revenue per door do you want to Mm -hmm. like break that down a little bit and give some examples of what are some of those things that you do
0: sure um it sort of came a little bit by by accident in that um because i'm really focused on a particular segment of the market i'm focused on families i'm focused on inbound tourist families you know after you have answered a lot of questions from people over the years you sort of get a picture of okay well, what are their pain points what are the what are their what are they looking to spend money on and then so i find a solution for that so First of all, because it's a way for me to make additional revenue, but also it's as a value add it's a it's a it's a way of adding a level of service and hospitality to my guests so that's what the guests remember they don't remember how much they've paid but they remember that. I was able to have my problem solved and my anxiety reduced by using these particular services. So, um, I don't do it as a hard sell as a, you know, uh, as a nickel and diming thing, it's more, well, here's the sort of things that people like you have asked for before. And here is a, here is some solutions that I know are going to work for you. So give
2: us an example.
0: Sure. Sure thing. So I get a lot of families. So like my company name is Tokyo family stays. So who I serve and where I am is baked right into the title. Um, so, when you're coming as a as an inbound family you're often away from your normal um uh you know structure of of support network and so what happens if you are a a parents and you want to go out for dinner what are you going to do with your kids so I provide a babysitting service I, I offer a babysitting service and that is probably one of my my most popular upsells um it's uh it it it's It has a lot of wins to it. So um, the people who provide the babysitting service are also my turnaround team. So these are uh, women from the Philippines, mostly mothers themselves. They know the house. Um, They are also great with kids and also they babysit my own kids. So I have full trust in them. So people can use the babysitting service with confidence to know that their kid is gonna be bathed and fed and put to bed, no problem. And then mum and dad, or the parents, let's say, for example, uh, can go out for dinner or c- can go out to, you know, a show or go out and do something that's that's fun for them and have a great experience. Because when you travel with kids, they don't want to go. It's like some of the adult things, they don't want to go and do it. So this gives them um, some extra value and lets them see a different part of Tokyo that they wouldn't see if they had their kids screaming and yelling at them. So that's one thing I offer. Um, I offer things like ground transportation. Uh, Narita Airport is is like an hour and a half drive. It's not local. So um, I offer uh, a connection with a grand transportation service so they can meet them at the airport. Again, that's got a couple of wins in it because I know where they're going to be. I know they're not going to get lost. And, um, you know, the the driver can call me when they're on route and say, we're 10 minutes away. So I can make sure that there's someone at the front door with the key ready to greet the people. Oh, by the way, we greet every single guest, one of my team or myself, we meet every single guest that comes in. And that is a strategic uh, choice, because, um, again, people have just arrived, they're tired, they're cranky, they don't know, they don't understand how to use the remote control, we're there to help them. So. we let them settle in and make sure that they're comfortable. and then it's good for us in the long run because we have a lot less questions and a lot less problems just from having that fifteen minutes of touch point. So babysitting, ground transportation, um, ticketing for for tours, for um, for museums, for Disneyland, um, gigs, Um, nightclubs I've got a ticketing service again every single ticket that's purchased I get a a small commission and I haven't touched it I don't do a thing Uh, food tours again is another recommendation Um, I've been on all the tours I can recommend to people what their choices are and that again gives that local knowledge gives value add so um, people uh, people are not throwing their money out and, you know, hoping it's going to be what they need. They can ask me and I can tell them exactly where, you know, where they can, uh, have the best experience for their short, cause they're usually here for a short amount of time. They don't have a lot of time, but they, um, but they're going to spend their money. So I, I help them.
2: So you're um, almost like the, the high level concierge that, that you get from a nice hotel like when you go to that like four or five-star hotel and you go downstairs but like you have it all baked in into your Airbnb business.
0: Sure yeah I do um, That's amazing. and it's not a it's not a, like I said it's not a hard sell it's like I give people a, a, a bunch of information and um, you know here's some things that you might be interested in help you with your planning and um, and then it it's almost like the catalog of you know, the spa catalog, when, when you get to a nice hotel, it's like, oh, it's like all these things you can choose. Now they might choose one, they might choose none, but still showing that you've thought about them before they arrive. And you know, what sort of questions they're likely to have um, just again, elevates you as a host uh, in, in their mind. And that's what they'll remember rather than how much they paid.
1: Yeah. You have that baked into your website. I know you're yeah,
0: yep. or
2: an app, I was going to ask. Since you're a software developer, I assume there is something cool going on.
0: Um, I, um, I have, um, I, so in, it's in my website and also in my welcome series of, um, of emails. Um, it's just a series of PDFs um, that, uh, that go in. I am, I probably am going to go a bit more high tech. Uh, in my tech stack later on. At the moment, I'm just, you know, because of COVID, I've just been hunkering down and, and uh, planning. So, but I think I, I, I my next step will be offering a digital guidebook. The The issue that we have here is a lot of people land and they don't have internet access immediately. So that's why I do have the paper, ver- well, the PDF version so that people can print them out and actually carry them. Um, because if you land and you don't have internet service, your your online guest book is is useless. So, um, um PDFs that you can store on your phone or store in your device, you'll you'll have access to them whether you've got internet or not.
2: I got you. So the people right now have to request it. So like you you send them and you're like, these are the additional service that you have, or on the website you have a way that people can. Do the booking and then do an add on of what they want, or do they just see the list and then they have to request it?
0: Well, they can, if it's a third party vendor, they can just click on that and go straight to with my little link that I've got. Um, that's then obviously tracked with cookies and, and all those little you know tech things. Um, and then the vendor then reports back to me monthly about how much, uh, how many times people have booked. It's a soft, like I said, it's a soft sell, it's not a hard sell, it's not, um. It, it's not like, uh, it's not like, do you want fries with that? It's more like, well, here is, here is the menu. Here is the catalog pick and choose. Um, and sometimes just the, just the reading of it, just the the seeing the possibilities is um, does bring value to the, to the guest. Um, and then the value for me comes if they choose to then book.
1: No, I love it. Cause I, I've been thinking a lot about that lately on, especially on the direct booking side of like, after somebody books offering those, upsells or additional services or whatever because they're already from a sales and psychology standpoint they've already spent the money so now they're like okay i've already pulled up my credit card i might as well just book the tickets or get the bottle of wine or the champagne or whatever and just you know it's like any e-commerce store on the planet there's always the next thing if you want it and so i think finding a way to stack that on would be a, a good benefit
0: so a psychology point of view, the the person with their credit card out has already bought from you once, and it's always easier to to sell again because they've they've they know like and trust you enough to buy the first time, and if you know uh, if you can show them something that is specific to what they're likely to need, um, then they're more likely to buy. It's no point having a big laundry list of a whole bunch of like random things. That's sort of a bit grubby, but, but if it's, if you know your guest and you know what their pain points are, um, providing solutions um, is, uh, is just showing that you, you know what you're doing a little bit more um, rather than, you know, just having a bunch of coupons. Cause that sort of, that, that doesn't, that to me doesn't feel right. Um, but, uh, you know, having things targeted to, um, to what, you know, people are likely to need is, is a better way of spending your effort to set it up. Cause it takes effort to set it up, it takes the effort to build those relationships with vendors.
2: And it makes sense only if when you're narrowed on your, on your avatar. And I know you and Mike are both kind of big fan of like kind of defining your guest avatar. And I think that really makes sense because then you reverse engineer it back, um, I actually saw, Mike, I thought about you. Uh, there is this refrigerators now that you can put in locations where you can scan a QR code on the, on the fridge and then that unlocks the fridge and creates your account to it. And then anything you grab out of the fridge, you get charged for. And they're trying to put them in like hotel, um, hospitals and all those types of things. And then you can go to, local stores and be like hey i have this fridge here do you want to make some meals and put them there and then you'll you'll know exactly and then will you'll get notifications when you have to like bring more stuff but you can drop off juice sandwiches salads and for hotels especially like i was thinking for the cove you get there after hours there's no kitchen there's no nothing and that's all there
1: i love it yeah shoot me that thing oh, because i was looking yeah was researching i'll send it
2: to I'll send it to you. Um, but yeah, I love it, Tracy. Because I think I think you... One, I think it's such a big deal for people to, to hear somebody going like so many units and then having to scale down, but like learning how to scale down successfully and learning that really, like I'm kind of like the same way, right? Like I have my 40 units now. They're really humming and running very well. And I look into adding units but i'm very specific cuz i'm like i don't want to add headaches i need to add something that like i'm passionate about that i can make money on and that it's in alignment with my with my brand also right because i think as hosts you have to kind of choose the, the the brand like are you a hyatt are you a holiday inn are you mm-hmm. like a four seasons and then it you get used to those type of clients And you don't really know how to deal with the other categories because you're so accustomed to going back like what is your guest avatar then once you know them you know what they want
0: yeah look i'm really big on branding um but i actually have a question for you guys because you have you you know you guys deal with a lot of lot more hosts than probably what i do um when i talk about branding i you know i know that like part of my brand is me as a host me as a you know me as a what sort of hospitality I'm delivering part of my brand is what my property is and the amenities that I'm offering um and also an equal part of that brand is who I'm targeting like who my ideal guest is so all of those is is the three core pillars of of my brand but I think we as marketing people kind of understand that but do a lot of really new hosts or first-time hosts um, you know I start to talk to people about branding and it's just it's just so foreign Um, you know what do you think is a good way that we can you know as you know as uh, uh, thought leaders I guess in this space um, help new new hosts to really see themselves as short-term rental business owners rather than I'm just an Airbnb I'm just an Airbnb host, and then you're sort of tying yourself and your business to to someone else's marketing. So, is that something that you see as a possibility for short-term rental hosts moving forward, or is 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 that is that something that's a bit too, you know, ninja level for 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 <laughs> the for the average host? No, what I, I, love what the I always ninja tell people level. is
1: like I always suggest to people is start your first property on Airbnb because it's the easiest platform to use. There's millions of guests that are traveling on it and you'll learn how to run a hospitality business on that platform. Once you get that down, then you can either go to Verbo or start building your own direct booking website and start to create your brand. Now, when I got started, I wasn't thinking about a brand or anything else. I was just like, I'm going to get this little two-bedroom condo we're going to use it as a family i knew i wanted to attract families i knew i wanted to attract younger families and i knew that this location would crush it because that's what we wanted to go for my wife's over here trying to distract me right now being silly and um so that's what we did but then i i got caught up in how can i add more units as quickly as possible so i would I'd get one. I had one in, Ma- in New Hampshire and then I got one in Massachusetts and then I got one in Dallas and then I got one in North Carolina and then I got another one in North Carolina and then one in Florida. And I was like all over the place, all different types of properties. So now it's really hard to brand that portfolio. So I've had to go through and segment them of like, okay, I've got the Cove, which is like a really high-end boutique place. and we've got the Beverly, which is a lot more budget-friendly, like business traveler focused, relocations things like that clean comfortable affordable is the theme for that and then i have some other local stuff here that's a lot more like i don't know like chic and like unique that like caters to a certain demographic in salem which is a very historical town like the property that we're about to launch tomorrow uh saturday it was built in the 1700s, 1710. It's older than the US, like it's an old house, but it's super cool and it's right in downtown. So, like, the design's awesome. It's just a really cool place for like tourists or people that just want to come and stay for a few days. Then, I've got some bigger stuff and some smaller stuff. So, like, I have to segment the portfolio as opposed to if I got real clear at the beginning, like you did, Tracy, and then kind of fine tune it to say, okay, I'm just going to go for these three, four, five bedroom homes that cater to families around Tokyo, that's a cohesive brand, you know, Tokyo family vacation, like that's a brand, right? So I think it is important to think through and also get clear, like when you're starting, what is your goal with this business? We say it so many times, like, if you just want to have one house that you use and rent it out, cool, that's fine if you want to go to five units, 10 units, you want to build an empire, fine, but think through at the beginning, what is my end game? Like, what am I really trying to achieve? And then it becomes a lot easier.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: I was really looking forward to this conversation because you've proven and like your business model is, it's true to you. Like you knew what you were going for. You don't need 50 units to make good money with this business. Like, you are super passionate about hospitality and creating a great guest experience. So you have your five properties right now, and I'm sure you're going to grow that, but those five properties, those are your babies and you know, you're going to take care of people and they make you good money. So like, Mm -hmm. it's just understanding like what works for you.
0: Mm. Exactly. And, you know, I didn't learn about branding or the, the marketing jargon. I didn't learn about that until later on when I started sort of, you know, reading and, and doing my own sort of, uh, you know, self-study. And I went, oh, that's why I did that. <laughs> so um, I've sort of gone backwards and figured out that, okay, well, I, I learned that, I, I learned all these things on my own. Um, and now I recognise why why that was, you know, why, why that was the path I did. Because I just grouped very quickly. It was just like someone was going to offer me a unit. Yes, bang, I was going to take it. And it wasn't until I got into, some of them I got into and went, oh, actually, this is not working for whatever reason and um, but now because I'm more strategic about you know who I'm serving and you know what I know I can deliver um, that uh, you know I'm I can pick up pick you know pick up units when the borders are open I've got a number of places that I've you know I've said look as soon as the borders are open I'm going to take your place but you know the, the owners are understanding but uh, I didn't I had to learn that um and stuff that I wish I'd I wish that I'd had, you know, learned that from the beginning and or had some sort of mentorship from the beginning. I didn't, you know, like being on Clubhouse has been really interesting for me, Michael, because, you know, I was living in my Japan bubble. I was very siloed. Um, I knew what I was doing. And, you know, I had all of my networks. It was all local. And then, of course, when the pandemic happened, it was like, okay, well, you know, I need to connect with other people. And that's when I sort of found that, Around the world, there are more people like me who sort of have this sort of hospitality um passion and also this same feeling about how to run a short-term rental so it's i'm I'm really grateful that I've found all of you guys because you know I was you know felt like I was on my own over here <laughs> but um, yeah That's so amazing. it's been been really good mm.
2: and it's and it's funny because i you know eleven years ago when I got started too there was not as much support out there, right? So a lot of the stuff that that I learned, and it's funny because it's like, one of the things that came to mind to me is like, yes, I wish I knew exactly what my end goal was. And, and the thing with me is like, I knew what my end goal was, but I didn't have always support on the way. So sometimes I got kind of like lost and distracted. And I was like, I'm going to change the business model to this or change it to that. And, and two things were, I think looking back is like, one, I was young and I just was on my own a lot, making the, the, like, the choices and impatience is just part of youth. And then you're like, I want this to happen faster and it wasn't happening. So I was like, maybe I need to pivot, maybe I need to change it. And sometimes you just need to let the time pass that it needs to pass. But going back to branding and even the identity of your units, for me at the beginning was very much like, I can do the branding that I can afford. And that was the beginning for me for a lot of units. So I was hardcore, Ikea, everything, because that was just what I could do. Like that was the money that I had, right? And just being very kind of crafty with like, okay, like how do I make this unit look the best way I can with the money that I have? Mm-hmm. And then now over time, now it's completely different, right? Like now I can do a unit and I'm doing one unit at the time when I used to like turn like five, six, seven, eight units at the time. One unit at a time. Now with money, uh, that's a whole different ball game, right? Like you can really afford to like look wherever you want and be like, "What do I want my vision to be?" And so understanding and like, if you allow yourself to plan it, you can be like, "Okay, I'm gonna plan it. This is the vision. This is the money that I have right now. So this is what's gonna go the farthest right now, and then I'll make do with everything else. And you can still execute on the vision." But sometimes for me, especially the marketing part of it, like especially the look wise, a lot of it was just I didn't have money. Like I didn't have money to do things any other way than the way I did them. Mm-hmm. And then with proper cash flow, but going back to how I grew the same way, right? Like I was just taking units and I'm like, it's going to work. But I sometimes I didn't have the cash flow to support it.
0: Mm-hmm. So- <laughs> Very clear about who is going to be who's coming and who's going to be staying helps you make some better like some choices when you're setting up. Like, you know, for example, um, you know, because I'm targeting families, I know that the dining room chairs I can't have sort of really you know fancy stools um, because that's just not going to work for for people who are trying to feed their kids. Um, and the reason they're staying in a short term rental is so that they can have a kitchen and they can feed their kids. So, you know knowing who you're who you're serving lets you make some of those choices and not make expensive mistakes earlier on. so um, yeah you can choose dining chairs that have a back on them that you can like have a clip on clip on babysit for you know it's not very sexy but it's those little things that I find as what people remember and they'll come back and book you again because they they know that, that you've uh, that you've thought about thought about what they need but so by the same token, I couldn't. I couldn't run a luxury place. I would not know how to to really um, fit out a place with very high end, eclectic, you know, designer things. Um, I don't know that market really well. Um, I have clients who do, and they do a great job. Um, but they've got the eye, and they they know how to make those decisions based on who they're targeting. But um, uh, but I couldn't do that for my own properties. Could not.
1: That's no, why. Could you do it? Sure. If that was going to be your focus, you could learn how to do it. Right. And you can focus on that. But like you said, over time, you listened to your guests and you learned what was important to them and you made tweaks and adjustments over time. So that's why I think it makes your life easier if you focus on a specific traveler profile. Mm
0: -hmm. Because you
1: you can create a, a consistent experience that's going to maximize their experience for them. So Um, I want to be respectful of your time. I know we're getting over time Um, before we get into the last question, where can folks learn more about you when you're consulting and all the good stuff that you got going on?
0: Sure. Well, um, part of my, um, you know, pandemic therapy was writing. So it was quite cathartic for me to just, you know, you know, sit sit down and and write. So I started a blog and uh, you can find that at Tracy hyphen northcott.com um and that's my that's my consulting website and there's a link there to to my blog and there's lots of stories about me and you know how we've survived COVID and and also how you know just how we got into hosting and and um and also I get into things like duty of care and and um and how to surprise and delight and a lot of stuff on an ideal guest. Um, And then a lot of stuff on monetization. So all this stuff that we've been talking about, about how to really, um, you know, look for things that will make you extra money, but also add value to the guest. I've got got tons and tons of posts on that with lots of different ideas on how to do it. So, and that's all there on my blog. Um, You know, I've got, you know, a ton of free, uh, ton of free, um, downloads that you can get, um, some webinars, some branding things. So, uh, that's all there, but also, you know, um, uh, you can also just reach out to me as well and, and have a chat, um,
1: on Instagram clubhouse, what, Instagram
0: clubhouse from my blog. There's all, like, I'm, I'm not a woman of mystery Mike. I'm not you. I'm very, very easy to find.
1: I love it. I love it. And we'll make sure all that stuff gets linked in the show notes. So Uh, The last question that we ask all of our guests is what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals?
0: Know your guest. Know who you're serving. Absolutely, 100%. Know who you're serving. Everything else stems from there um the decisions you make when you uh when you decorate when you choose furniture when you uh write your copy um add on service everything comes from well who's paying the money who's paying for it so that's um that's where it comes from
1: I love it love it Tracy Northcott thank you so much for being on the show uh maybe I'll see you on clubhouse soon yes and uh we will be in touch thanks again so much truly appreciate you and um, Looking forward. Take to it, seeing Tracy. More of you, Tracy. Yeah, Thank I can't wait me. to come to Tokyo.
2: I yes, am, please I am do.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm waiting for you guys to to welcome people, but um, I definitely have it in my in my radar.
1: It's on my to, bucket to list.
2: Yeah. yeah, I want to do all of Asia. I think I'm gonna just do a month and just to just hang out because I have friends in Singapore as well. So I have I have to do a couple stops. Um, but yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Get all of your. Um, add-ons, and I'm going to go on all the food tours you recommend, and just set up the car with you, and do everything, and just be. Yeah, like,
0: yeah. I just listen to Tracy it's it's a look it's right it's, it's a it's a fun town like it it's it's it is like living in Disneyland when everything's up and running and everything's it is like living in disneyland twenty four hours uh a day um and there's so look i've been here twenty one years and I still am finding new and fun things to do when there's new things to pop up and food oh my god we haven't even talked about tokyo food it's amazing
2: wait. Mm. awesome you're awesome thank you so much for coming on uh I love you guys. You. yeah.
0: Thank you for all you do. I think you're giving, you're giving the market a really, really valuable service. And, um, you know, I really appreciate it. And, and, and I'm sure your listeners do too. So I hope I've added some value today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks again, everybody. All See guys. you guys next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, STR Nation. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes. And we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.